In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's might. Respect their power for Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 413. Ooh. Lucky 413. <laughs> the spooks. We got some spooks. <laughs> nice. Uh, what are we talking about tonight? Well, um... And why the hell's Dan here? Yes. Well, when can I go home? <laughs> <laughs> we we thought you were going home really early a few minutes ago. <laughs> uh, well, because I completely zoned out about what our what our game plan is for how we're doing this. Uh, let's let's just assume. Let's just say. Well, see, this is why it becomes critical because obviously the more timely topic asked it would be the episode released first. <laughs> so let's say for the moment. <laughs> Let's say we're we're talking a lot of green lan a lot of Green Lantern news, which is surprising. Uh, guess guess our rant did something. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. The, the the case for Green Lantern episode has has stirred up some doings in the world. Apparently, <laughs> welcome to the Green Lantern fandom. <laughs> <laughs> did you listen to that episode, Dan? I did. What do you think? Anything to add to the to the inane, uh, nearly three hour long discussion? <laughs> I mean, not really. I just obviously like I have like things I would like to see them do, but like uh, I don't know. It, it 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 really does feel like they had they clearly had stuff that they thought they were able to to say during like the fandom event specifically. You know, when you look at because I saw like the Alex Ross tweets with those hashtags in it. I saw the. Uh, the uh, you know, ooh, HBO can't wait to see what Green Lantern stuff they talk about tomorrow. Like, and if it feels like the sort of thing where like they thought they got could get something approved, but then couldn't last minute. And like uh, the fandom in general, like it was kind of a rough scheduling nightmare that changed abruptly like two days beforehand. So. It's it's there's honestly probably more Green Lantern stuff they're still sitting on just because they can't for some dumb legal reason. But yeah, I mean, that that may be true, but it doesn't invalidate all the other non DC fandom stuff. Oh, you know, I I did watch a bunch of the fandom and a lot of that other stuff was pretty good. I actually I went into it thinking it was going to be a more even distribution of comic stuff. So like I went into that Legion panel as like because i'm i'm reading and really enjoying the current legion of superheroes book and thought like okay this is where they'll stick some cool comic stuff and it was just sort of an ad for a box set release of the uh cartoon show from 10 years ago or something like that so i'm like oh okay i guess i guess but still you know (laughs) well yeah that but i mean like the the other stuff we talked about in the case for green lantern that wasn't dz fandom related 
Don't push oh, him, man. Okay. Don't push him. <laughs> take take the fifth. Take the fifth, Dan. Uh, my counsel has advised me <laughs> that. Uh... <laughs> but no, you got like I was I was I was pretty impressed at how like how like orderly and well researched it was because usually you guys kind of shit the bed on that front. So uh, yeah, that was pretty nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I'll even ask for clarification on that. I don't. That's a that's a pretty sweeping generalization there. Nah, I'm playing around. It was it was legitimately a really good episode, and it's I don't know. I think it just especially the back end kind of highlights how hard it is to please everybody with a franchise this vast with this many characters in it, and we're kind of in a rough spot where like no matter what they choose to do, like they could it, they could announce a slate of Green Lantern titles tomorrow that is the the pinnacle of what everyone on on this call would love to see and it would be the worst thing in the world for uh like the other half of the fandom out there so what like (laughs) that's why like i try to i try to have kind of non-specific and broad hopes for green lantern just because like there's so much stuff they could do and so much they could do with it that as long as they're doing as long as they're taking chances i'm gonna be interested grant morrison signs on for an exclusive 10-year deal to write green lantern <laughs> and if you know what if you had told me that was gonna happen like two years ago two and a half i don't remember how long it's been like if it's you told like me two. three if you told me three years ago that hey grant morrison is gonna be writing the core green lantern book and he's gonna be have a multi-year run and he's gonna be let loose to do whatever he wants I would have taken that news and said that is amazing, but but you just never know. A classic example of be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Not that we're gonna go into great teeth. Did you did you read the issue that just came out? No, I'm behind by a a few. Uh, Because regardless of the plot of the book, the the mere fact that you have to you have to read the text that the back the text is written backwards. All the Green Lantern dialogue is written backwards. It's fantastic. uh, yeah, it's like it's bad enough when they do that with the Cordians, but the Cordians speak in two word sentences. So it's at least it's easier to, 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 to do that with your brain. But and, but as in Hal and company, they actually speak in sentences. So having to do that for the entire book, it's like, yeah, it's yeah, good, 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 good call. I mean, I, I I listened to the episode where you and Jim talked about that uh dead Hal Jordan Spectre issue. The best and issue it sounds, of the damn series. <laughs> it, it sounds like it. It sounds like it's one of the best ones. But at the same time, listening to you two talk about it kind of sounds like listening to two parents who's like their kid just got drunk for the first time and they're trying to decide how to handle it. And like one of you's like, I'm so I can't believe they he did that and then the other's like well you know he he did it he was he did it at home with his friend like we were here you know it's okay i would rather he take the he's not going out there in public doing this or that you know Uh, he's trying to make the best of a bad situation jim is not nearly as much of a fan of the the hal as specter run as i am so that that tends to come across too (laughs) But. So in conclusion, Green Lantern is a land of contrasts. Thank you. <laughs> yes. This has been my TED talk. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Yes. But I, I will tell you, like listening to that episode, because I was trying to, figure out, trying to figure out what the hell you guys were going to do based on all of the 
courtroom covers Chad was sharing the week before. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. Did how often did Hal go to jail? I know Barry goes to jail once every like five years or so, but like Hal, <laughs> and it kind of it's motivated me to just sort of like I don't know. I have a thought that I'm going to not not even necessarily a rebuttal to your to your episode. I guess we'll see. <laughs> but I'm going to I want to take the temperature of like, well, what kind of year did Green Lantern actually have in 2020? Because something something that I've been I've been becoming more and more aware of as I've done this and gotten back more into reading comics monthly again is what a different perspective it is when you follow it month to month, because it almost puts a more pressure on each installment to mean more. Whereas if you come at it later or read the trade or just like have a pile to read at once, the individual parts don't have to carry as much weight as they do when they're standing alone, if that makes sense. So it's, it I, 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 I want to try and get like, like the 300 foot view of Green Lantern in 2020. Because my my I'm sorry, Mark. Go no, ahead. I was just, just gonna say you you can you 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 get an idea. You can build your case. Chad can have his case. We actually get a jury this time, and you guys can just and we and we get to vote. <laughs> I will campaign against Chad. It'll be great. I mean, for the record, the case for Green Lantern episode was more about 2011 through 2020, not just 2020. But okay. oh yeah, no. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah. And I, like the only reason I thought about that was because like like really come on coming off of the fandom like and again DC fandom was a fine event for what it was. There are definitely some things I would want them to never try to do again. But um, coming walking away from it as a Green Lantern fan who was eager to hear about Green Lantern stuff that we have been hearing rumors about forever and getting absolutely no i didn't even know about the origami ring <laughs> it was it was just like uh it made me walk away like this weird mix of i like the event but felt disappointed in it at the same time and that by itself made me feel like oh well i guess green lantern doesn't count for anything in 2020 okay but then i'm like i'm looking at i'm like well you know far sectors most of it happened this year and we had all this stuff going on with the Gold Lantern Legion, and we had a lot of cool stuff over here. Oh, and that's happening over there. Oh, and then in this book. And I'm like, you know, there's like a lot of little stuff all over the place that might add up to a bigger hole than we think it does. But that's for another time. Speaking of bigger holes. <laughs> you, bro- uh, you, you broke up right when you said that, Chet. <laughs> no, <laughs> Maybe no, it was appropriate. No. That that was intentional. Uh, so, by the way, Zoom has this thing. If you're if you're muted, you can hold down spacebar to speak uh, when oh, you want to so speak. Oh, you bleeped yourself on purpose. Yeah, I, I did it on purpose. It was fun. Anyways, uh, <laughs> you should try it sometime. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know what we? Uh, where do you want to start with all this, Mark? You want to talk about talk about the TV show? You want to talk about the stuff that came out today? What do you, What do you want to do? Let's do Let's do the comic stuff first because it is the super fresh stuff, and then um. So basically, basically, 5G light was announced today, <laughs> which so this is this sounds awfully like Dan DiDio's. It was going to be ongoing for a much longer period of time with the event that well, runs to March, right? January to March or fe- just February and March. February is Jan- January and February and ends in March. That's it. Two months that basically you're going to have you're going to have a lot of the next gen heroes 
replacing the classic heroes. We're going to have. And what, what was it called? Future Shock, Futures, Fate. and Future. Oh, yeah. Fate, that's yes. Because they, <laughs> they hadn't used that one before. But you're it right. Is a ba- it is a bad name. It's it's easier. For, I mean, it's, it's harder for us and because it, like I'm used to Future Shock. I remember that storyline. So it's easy. As soon as I almost did that before, it's like, oh, Future Shock. It's not. No, Future future state so it's only going to last january and february and you're gonna and and i love the way they conveniently split this into basically batman line superman line and as they call they called it the justice league line which basically means everything friggin else (laughs) everything else is thrown into the justice league so i don't know uh so what there's two there's two issues of green two issues of Green Lantern that are going to be related to it. Seemingly all are the green the Green Lanterns, certainly in the first book, because that's the only issue that we have solicited so far. Everybody's ring is going to be dying. Wow, we haven't seen that one before, too. That oh that something happened to the central power battery and all and all the lanterns and telling stories in this book, they're gonna be stuck without without working power rings. So we have what John Stewart's a John Stewart story. We know we have Jessica Cruz, but it sounds interesting because it deals with the Sinestro Corps and we have Guy Gardner and we know Joe, you know, from, from uh, far sector is going to be in the justice league book during this time frame. And I don't know. That's the, that's the general. I'm more interested in the Dan Jurgens one shot with Sinestro and steel and the original Batman than I am interested in most of this crap. <laughs> So just for context, uh, and they're clickbaity as hell, so I try not to give them any credit where I can. But from the CBR article, uh, Future States Green Lantern puts Jon Stewart back in the spotlight. If you're looking for the article I'm reading from uh, the group editor, Alex Carr said, Jon Stewart fans, we've heard you. Uh, and then Last Lanterns, the lead story in the 44 page oversized book, sees Stewart leading the charge on a planet, quote, just about to be overrun by a galactic religious cult. It's their last stand against this group, unquote. However, the central battery that the lanterns rely on to charge their power rings is out of energy. Quote, think of it like the Magnificent Seven, Carr said. What happens to all these Green Lanterns if a power battery dies? Uh, John Stewart and his ragtag group of former Green Lanterns prove that you can still do good without the rings. The second half of the book, uh, uh, on the other, uh, focuses on the other Green Lanterns around the universe, Jessica Cruz, Guy Gardner, Teen Lantern, and Mogo, among others, as they also manage how to function without their primary weapon. We're going to get a wide variety of tones and admissions and artwork to across these stories that feature the tale of the Green Lantern Corps. I think John Stewart's going to get a great spotlight. So there are this Green Lantern Future State title gets two individual issues. Uh, 44 pages, but is split into two stories uh, that you'll follow through the two issues. The first being Last Lanterns by Jeffrey Thorne and Tom Rainey and Tales of the Green Lantern Corps by Josie Campbell, Ryan Cady, and Ernie uh, Altbacker with Sammy Basari and Clayton Henry. Interesting. I'm su- I'm surprised you guys aren't more jazzed for this because not only... Is it a return to like a more regular Green Lantern book for the first time in like two years? It's also like how many times have we said like, oh, man, if only there was like a cool like Green Lantern anthology title out there that had like, you know, your main story and like like just kind of check in with all these different characters doing their own thing. And we're getting that for two months now. And it's not even crammed into a regular size issue like the last time they tried to do backups like we're getting like 
a an almost 50 page Green Lantern issue twice that it's it's just like it's filling that anthology hole like like this like when I saw this I was like oh cool because you know I don't know if you know this but I don't really like the Morrison book right now <laughs> and this is like this is like hey remember what Green Lantern was like before that started have some more and have a bunch of small stories that check in with all your friends like go for it there are two and a half reasons I don't like it because because the the half isn't really valid in some ways you'll understand when i get there all right the first reason i don't like it is because this is just recycled storyline bullshit trying to salvage something that they said wasn't going to happen in the first place which leads me to two none of it matters we're doing yet another future flash forward sort of oh it's an alternate sort of future like deceased like future's end like blah 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 blah. take your pick it's not going to matter the half reason nort <laughs> look uh, and that's why i said it's a half reason because i know that you know hey it, nort is the polar opposite of something morrison would pick up on and run with and it's just going to be, we would assume that the Nort involvement would mean goofy, some sort of fun stuff. But the idea behind all of this that, you know, the, the central power battery is down and it's a future and a, a bleak one at that store, you know, may, I don't know. Yeah, that's why I said it's half because it, it doesn't really count in the scheme of things. But the two, the two things being it's recycled bullshit of a storyline. We told we weren't, we were told we're not going to get in the first place now that Dan Dio is gone, but they just want to try and salvage whatever the hell they can. So I really get the sense that this is all thrown together last minute and it's probably going to read like it. Uh, that's my, that's my fear. That's my fear. And, and, and two, it's not going to matter. First of all, deceased <laughs> is awesome. More books would be lucky to be like deceased. Is it in is it in continuity? No. Does it quote unquote matter that in that way? No, it doesn't. Is it one of the most fun as hell books they're putting out right now? Yeah. So like, <laughs> if you can sacrifice mattering like that, but turn in something that is legitimately a great time to read, by all means, do it. Secondly, like, like this is like, I'm looking at this as kind of like, hey, what if futures end except two issues instead of one issue? And we don't give each lantern their own book. Like, obviously, they're they're going to do the uh, they want to dangle that carrot of like, oh, is the central battery going dark again? Some like a sometime this year or something. Maybe that's going to happen. How would that happen? Why would that happen? Like, they're probably they're not. There, I would be amazingly surprised if they answer that question in these two issues, because they're most likely going to want to set up that uh, that uh, kind of who's the traitor sort of speculation of like, like, oh, what's going to happen to depower the lanterns? Is it original? No. But like all like all of this is so cyclical anyway. I mean, like how something that I got really burnt out on, it was. For a while there, it seemed, it seemed like every single Green Lantern storyline was a story about, is the Green Lantern core going to be destroyed this week? And every, and then they would beat that 
whatever army and okay we're saved oh but here's the next threat is the green lantern core going to be destroyed this week and it just kept going and going and going so of course they were going to come back to another story about oh what if the central battery gets depowered because it's been a few years since lights out and that happened a whole bunch of years after emerald twilight it's just one of those beats that's gonna come around every now and then do I want to see them do that, do that again? No. Is that a compelling tease for the future? Not really. I mean, for all I know, they could come up with a new hook on it that would make it really cool. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but they're not paying me to think of that. I'm just I'm more I'm more looking forward to this on the level of characters that have not got the spotlight in a very long time right now are going to be getting the spotlight again. And it's a lot of it is probably going to be bite sized. But at the same time, I kind of don't matter. Like, I kind of don't matter. Well, I definitely don't matter, but I kind of <laughs> don't care is what I'm meant to say. <laughs> because like when I read the solicitation, I see like like Guy Gardner's story is all about like it seems to be, oh, he's on a random alien planet when his ring went dead. So he just opens a bar like I hope <laughs> I hope his story is literally nothing but him just hanging out, telling drunk stories to aliens. Even, it will be even better if he can't understand a word they're saying. Like it, <laughs> I like like to me, the 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 real selling point of an anthology, whether we're talking about something like this or the 80th anniversary thing, is just a chance to get to kind of hang out with your favorite characters for a few pages before you move on and. I, I didn't think we would get to see that again so soon after the 80th anniversary thing. And yeah, I, to, to cap it all off, we're, this is building on uh, on some enhanced attention on Jon Stewart because all of December is going to be, well, not all of it, but there's a December long event, uh, 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 Forever Winter, I for, Endless Winter, which is written by Ron Mars, like one of the biggest Green Lantern writers we still have still working today. And he has said flat out, like, yeah, this is a Justice League story. And Jon Stewart is the only member of the current team that really doesn't have their own book, which means less baggage to worry about with him. Therefore, we can give him a bigger role. So we've got December being a month-long storyline with Jon Stewart playing a pivotal role in it. And then we go into January and February, where the first half of these big issues are the story of Jon Stewart leading a team behind enemy lines. So the end of 2020 and beginning of 2021 sound pretty interesting if you're a fan of this character. And I can't wait to see where it goes. I'm not... Let's put it this way. I'm not uninterested in the actual Green Lantern stuff we're getting out of this. My comments mostly were about the quote-unquote event. It's going to be, like Chad pointed out, it's going to be pretty non, non-consequential. It's going to be, there may be some characters that strike a chord and stick around or, or strike a chord enough or be able to make plans for them to come back and stick around. It's not going to it's not going to mean much. It's yet another just another gap, uh, just a bump in the road. And so on that. So for the as the overall event goes, if it counts as an event, it doesn't it doesn't have a great interest for me. The the actual Green Lantern books, they could they could be in, they could be in, interesting. It's not the Guy Gardner thing would be funny, especially like it, too bad. It wasn't like five months of basically every single every single issue had an 
had guy going from planet to planet and basically he selling finding a new franchisee for for, for warriors he finally found the solution to his bar being destroyed all the time he just makes sure there were like fifty five thousand of them all, all throughout the universe the john stewart thing could be interesting john stewart's not my favorite character so it's easy for me to be so so on john's john stewart centric stories jessica like i said the, the the story itself sounds interesting with against the sinestro core or so that i find that i find that interesting the justice league book doesn't i mean i'm somewhat it'll be it'll be kind of cool to see joe play with others but i don't but overall that team doesn't really doesn't really inspire me so i can understand why the event or it's especially since it's they're announcing it now in october and it begins in january and it's over by february it's like i could see why there's it's destined to be another one of these things that comes and goes another one of these it's just taking out it's taking out the middleman if they tried to, if if the Dio's vision probably was that this was going to be ongoing for like at least a year or half a year to make the typical, we we want people to think this is going to really stick, even though we know deep down eventually it won't, because people will want the other characters back and it'll make people appreciate the characters, and that's what some oftentimes these stories are and these events are meant to do. It's like we went. We want to make sure people really appreciate these characters, so we'll take them away from you. So then people go, "Wow, we really miss these characters." But and I think that, on a larger level, okay. Uh, on also on like a larger level, I think it's also, you know, this they're going to use two months to throw as many new characters and concepts at you to see what really stands out as the most popular and fold those in. Like, 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 I think it's pretty cool that they're they're trying to continue to push Joe like this. Like, I I definitely have uh have my problems with with the timing of it like like her very first story ever isn't over yet and we're already like taking a look at what her future might be like removed from it and i like i wish this could have happened after far sector was over and it probably would have if far sector had kept the monthly schedule it originally had true but at the at the same time I like I'm looking at this Justice League team and I don't know maybe I'm just maybe this announcement just came at the right time for me because I just this morning finished reading uh the Scott Snyder Justice League run that ended with like the Justice Doom War that leads into uh death metal and like like it's this crazy roller coaster where like like you've got the Justice League teaming up with like the the JLA One Million Justice League against Brainiac One Million, and then like they're losing. So Commandy takes a spaceship to the future and gets Batman Beyond and his Justice League, and they they pick up the Kingdom Come characters on the way back, and like so like and I'm like, oh, this is crazy and it's awesome. And then I look at this uh Future State cover, and I'm like. There's another one. There is another. There's another alternate future Justice League that, that will they stick around? No. Will they pop up every now and then in a weird crossover like that? Yeah, they will, and it'll be cool. Like, like to me, it's this is just them giving us more toys to play with and more cool stuff to think about. I can see that. Any more thoughts, I, Chad? I hate, I hate Joe's haircut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, look, uh, my main problem is my number one. It feels like recycled 5G stuff. Uh, and and it only tangentially followed up by the, the fact that it feels like it's not going to matter. Look, we get one shots. We get 
multiverse stories and so on and so forth all the time that don't matter. I get that point. Uh, so that's why it's number two and not number one. And, and point five, the whole Nort thing. And nobody, nobody get, nobody sees Nort on the cover of an issue and goes, Oh, hell yeah. Um, and you know, I, that's, that's all neither here nor there. I am, I'm here for it. I'm going to read it, not just because of the show. But because I've been to enough conventions, and I said this on Twitter, I've been to enough conventions to know that if I don't, I've gone in knowing that the person I'm shaking hands with at the convention table in Artist Alley maybe wrote or drew something that I thought was absolute shit. But the person was awesome. And then through conversing with them, I discovered stuff that maybe is in the back issue bins that I actually really enjoyed by them. Or they told me about an upcoming work they said they they have in the works where I'm like, oh, shit, that actually sounds really freaking interesting. So on and so forth. I've been to enough conventions and spoken with enough creators by now to know that I'm not going to preemptively taint the work or preemptively taint the creator based on my gut reaction to the pitch that I hear. So don't get me wrong. I'm going to read it and I'm going to try and the best I can to go in with an open mind. My problem with it is DC, not necessarily the characters, not necessarily the plot and not necessarily the creative team. It just feels slapstick. And I don't like that. Um, now, obviously, this new editor, this new team over at DC had to do something when they took the reins. But I don't know that taking DiDio's idea and just trying to salvage what they could from it was the right thing. But I'm not paid those bucks. I'm not the person Warner hired, so on and so forth. So uh, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, my main problem is it just seems like recycled 5G. Um it feels like it's not going to matter. And, uh, but I'm going to give it a, sh- it's day in court, you know. Um, we do have to read it anyways for the show. It's just, uh, that's not the only reason I'm going to read it. But as we record this, guys, this news came out today. So we're all sort of fresh shitting in it. And that's part of the reason I guess it's good to have Dan on here because he's usually the voice of reason and positivity. God knows somebody has to pull you guys up out of the mud. <laughs> what an episode to be part of. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. should have called in for this one, and I and yes, they, uh, Joe's haircut does look absolutely horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm glad they kept the construct glasses, but I feel like they didn't realize it was a, a. There, there are things about Joe that are very hyper specific references that I don't think everyone knows are hyper specific references. So it's not just oh she has construct, you know, a visor or whatever. It's it's actually the exact size and shape and design are based off of a thing. So, you know, there's that, I guess. But the, we'll have to see because that it's just weird that everything else about her look is pretty much identical except her haircut and her glasses. And her haircut's part of her uniqueness. <laughs> yeah, I will say, though, I do. I do agree with Chad about like like the origins of all this and wishing it was coming from a better place or a more creative place, or there was some bigger, bigger uh, uh, plan behind it, I guess. But at the same time, I like, I look at some of these concepts, like the concepts alone on display here, like 
like maybe it's just how much I love legacy characters to the point that I usually prefer them to whoever came first, but I'm probably going to end up reading more DC stuff that I otherwise wouldn't. Cause like, see, like there's like a, a, a one or two issues of Aquaman where Aquaman is Aqualad from the young justice cartoon and he's training Arthur and Mira's daughter. That's awesome. And that cover is beautiful. You've got Nicholas Scott drawing two issues of Nightwing. I don't care what the story is in that book. I want to see Nicholas Scott draw Batman characters. Like Wonder there's not only, there is a new Wonder Woman with an awesome design, but Diana is still around and she's like she's like immortal and fighting gods at the end of time. Like that's the plot synopsis for her issue. Like there's so much crazy shit that's going to be going on and so much of it looks just like it looks exactly cool enough to get me to read it for one to two issues and that's all they're asking i can see that i can i can see that um so what do you think anything more we want to say about future state or should we begin our segue into the hbo max discussion I, one thing I want to point out, because I feel like it's going to get lost and confuse a lot of people, not all of these are taking place at the same point in the future, because they said on one of the, I read like 10 different breakdowns of this, so I don't know where it was, but some of it is in the near future, some of it is in the distant future, some of it is in whatever they're calling the in-between or middle future. Like it's, it's, so you're not going to be like, you're not going to pick up future state Nightwing and know that it's taking place at the same time as future state, you know, Justice League necessarily. It's just all like, hey, this is sometime after the present, use context clues sort of thing. That'll, that'll make it so much easier for people. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think on one level it actually will, but all kidding aside, but as far for the people that are continuity bugs or continuity uh, hawks, that's going to be a that's going to really ruffle their feathers. Get that bird I analogy working. Uh, there's enough crossover between like there's a there's a Titans. There's a Teen Titans one that is tied to the Shazam one. And there's a Justice League that ropes in a bunch of the individual characters, too. So enough things are directly Net, like with each other that I think you, we can figure it out. And I th- I think in general, Future State is going to make more sense on a character or a franchise by franchise basis than it will as like an overarching event. Like, I, as far like from what I know about it right now, like I feel like it's a mistake to even think of it as an event. Like I don't know if it's going to actually be that. I think it's I think it's literally going to be a a slightly different version of future's end from a few years ago which is funny because remember with future's end at least with the green lantern books they were they heavily were foreshadowing that those things were actually going to happen it seemed like in the green lantern line especially that everything that we saw happen in those issues started you know either did happen with because that's how that yeah since they started with the with with sinestro and and with the indigo tribe and and all all these things that they started for they started kind of foreshadowing and it seemed like they were going out of the, the Apex League and all these things they were trying to foreshadow. It's, it's funny how they try, they really made an effort, it seemed, in the Green Lantern book specifically to try to make sure that we thought, at least, that the future's end future was going was going to happen. But, but yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe the reason the battery goes dead this time is, you know, Hal's sitting around on Earth. He's bored. And he's like... <sighs> You know what I haven't done in a while? <laughs> and then just cut, 
Cut to Darth Parallax laughing at the sky. <laughs> Giving Relic a high five. Yeah. I got this. All right. What's next? Let's talk about the HBO Max news. That br- when did that break? Like about like a couple of days after our episode. I actually was pretty fortunate from that perspective since our episode was one day late in going live since I screwed up and forgot to upload all the stuff on Wednesday. So it, so it went out on Thursday. And then like the the day, like the day after, wasn't it like Friday or something? They had that all that HBO Max stuff that they they dumped out. It was Friday afternoon. It yep. was around it was around like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday, which makes me wonder how many people they actually wanted to hear. About right. It. I, which is a good observation. I was just going to say that that's a good observation, because historically, yes, if you want news now it might be different in a covid world where, mo- where more people still are kind of like. Or at home and things like that. But yes, historically speaking, if you want news to if you want news to fade away quickly, you drop it no matter what it is related to. You drop it on a Friday afternoon, and usually it gets obliterated because everybody everybody's already switching into the weekend mode and they're not paying attention to the news and and things like that. But but yes, they had the the announcement of of the a little, a little more specific about specifics about the HBO Max show, which really isn't it isn't that. That's surprising. Uh, I guess I'll read this little this little thing from Chad's fa- one of Chad's favorite sites, uh, Newsarama. Uh, oh, is he fight? He's fighting with them and CBR at the same time now. Okay. No, Newsarama is the one he has historically hated the most. So I do think uh, I don't think Newsarama is as quite as obnoxious with the bait click with the clickbait as they as they used to be. Uh, Movie Web I think is much worse. And, oh, we got, and we and we got it covered, which is almost always garbage. But uh, never even heard of that one. Jeez. That comes up a lot as again sources that other that sites like Movie Web link to. As a quick joke, or not a joke, but it's kind of funny that because and under a different circ under different circumstances, we talk about this too. But we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We talk, we talk more about the Marvel stuff because there's actually been a lot of MCU news coming out. But obviously, all the stuff about the M- the multiverse thing related to potential to Spider-Man three. And Garfield and McGuire coming back. And there was an art. Sony said something today. And all they said was basically this is, you know, that that those those sign that that casting of those signings are not confirmed yet. And, and all of a sudden, like we had a movie web ran an article saying, oh, it's like uh, this this isn't happening. And it's like that's not what they said. All they're saying is this is not a done deal. You could very easily look at it glass half full and say they didn't deny it. So what they're telling you is. The ink may not be on the paper yet, but it doesn't mean that it's not happening. But. Whatever, Mike. Mark. What's your name? Mark. Whatever, Mark. Sony cancels Spider-Man 3. <laughs> That's right. We've had enough of these rumors. Screw it. In fact, Marvel, take these rights back. This Spider-Man stuff is too much pressure for us. But what I digest. Okay, so back to the green, actual Green Lantern stuff. Uh, we already knew that the... The Green Lantern show was they were planning a Green Lantern show. It's been greenlit, but I'm bum on for, for HBO Max. The show will focus on Earth based lanterns. Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, God help us all other than Dan. Guy, Gard- Guy Gardner, Alan Scott, Earth's first Green Lantern introduced in the 1940s. Fan favorite alien lantern Kilowog will be included as will Sinestro. And the, the Lantern series will be split into 10 one hour episodes and we're will reportedly span decades and galaxies, which will or would make sense. Uh, Greg Berlanti, we knew, was involved. Seth Graham Smith is going to be the showrunner. And Mark Guggenheim, who is obviously very tied to the Arrowverse. And I think he still has, he has ties to the original Green Lantern movie, too, I believe. Um, he does. Also. So does, um, I forget, someone else on there, too, also does. Besides Berlanti? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, because a lot of people, if you actually go back and, which is not surprising, look at all the people that were involved in like writing that Green Lantern, the, the movie. Yeah, uh, there were there were a lot of people, but yeah, I, I did remember Guggenheim and obviously Berlanti. They both have big profiles related to the Arrowverse and things like that. It is interesting that in this write up, and this is what makes you wonder. I think I think it probably would be better for for WB to be to clarify this, even though they may think it's in their best interest to not do anything about it for a while. Some articles point out the fact talking about re- re- referencing Alan Scott being you know the, being gay, which of course obviously is not the historically correct version of of Alan Scott. It's the New Fifty Two version. So, I, but, the, but and some, and the current version, yeah, is, yeah. I was gonna say they 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 have a, yes, it's it's heavily in heavily and certainly implied in those in those stories that we in, that we read so that's pro- they're probably going to do that but but it is interesting that not i didn't that not every single article mentions that so it just makes me wonder what where the source where the source for that was whether it was just added on by people saying oh they're using alan scott oh by the way he, he's you know he's gay as opposed to like warner brothers actually pushing some putting something out uh, but either way so it, it appears we will be getting that version of alan scott we're going to be getting jessica simon guy and of course, for most people, many people's attention zeroing on, on the lanterns that were not mentioned at all in this being John, being Hal. And to a, no offense, to a lesser extent, Kyle, only because we know that John and John and Hal have been talked about for years as being what the, the centerpiece of whatever the next Green Lantern movie would be. Well, so. the, the reason why you make sure to include the fact that Alan is gay is because when you when you add in that detail and you look at this ca- this for character cast this is like an incredibly this is one of the most diverse groups they could have picked and i think like like that's going to let them cast such a wide net in terms of people who would potentially want to check this out as opposed to if it was just a hal jordan thing or if it was like hal and guy and john uh, uh uh kyle or like like Guy Gardner is the only straight white guy in this cast, as far as we know so far. And I think that's intentional and is going to go a long way. That's a good point. Unless they change Guy. <laughs> Never know. Um, I just hope that I just hope they let him be like the asshole that we all know he is. <laughs> the asshole with the heart of gold. The more modern version. The more yeah. lo- the more likable slash lovable version, as opposed to the bullhead nobody likes nobody likes him, Guy Gardner. Uh, yeah, he's come, a, he's come a long way as a character, so hopefully that's the version we're going to get, as opposed to which I'm sure it is. It would be the version we're going to get more of that yeah. version than the other than the other version. But, well, it's interesting to think about because, like, depending on like obviously like we shouldn't expect to see like exact translations of these characters' histories and backstories and whatever, like. I don't think there's a world where we see Simon in Guantanamo Bay. I think we definitely see him on the run from the police if for no other reason than the fact that, you know, depending on which origin you go with, Guy Gardner was both a cop and a defense attorney. So there was there's a pretty organic way to weave those characters backstories together. Yeah, that's true. They could do that if they if they chose to go down that road. They could do that. Uh, it will be it will be interesting to see how many of these lanterns interact with each other as contemporaries, especially if they're going to set this in different times and different places. Um, so that I think I think that was something that intrigues me how they're gonna how they're gonna juggle that. I guess we can assume they'll keep Simon and Jessica contemporaries because they probably <laughs> will try to have them 
those are probably the most likely characters to team up based on the, their real life uh, partnership, based on who we, who we have. So it'll, HBO. I just want to be able to get HBO Max. It would be nice <laughs> if by the time it comes out, I can actually, you know, I can actually download it somewhere. Where I'm not talking like maybe my phone, but at the moment, I, there's literally nothing else I could download it on. Assuming I could download it on my phone, I can download it on my smart TVs. Can download download it on any of my Kindles. Can download it on my Fire Stick. I really, I really hope. That's one of those New Year's resolutions for for HBO Max is like let's get let's get this friggin' app on all the major streaming platforms and devices and not play games anymore. Well, don't worry, Mark. You've got they've got at least a year to figure it out before this thing ever That's comes true. out. Because last last time we had heard anything concrete, quote unquote, out of them about this show was a, a long time ago when they were talking about a 2021 release and. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so like I, this is going, I would, I could see maybe late. No, no, I couldn't. It's going to be 2022 or later. Like it's, it's, it's going to be a while. Cause they literally have nothing else to tell us yet. Like there's no casting. There's no release window. There's no plot details. They just, they, this is where they are. And I'm fine with them taking the time they need to make the best show they can because God knows they can't afford to fuck it up again. <laughs> I think we could see it sometime in 2021. More, it would be the second half of the year because because we're going to have the the monstrosity of the Snyder cut the, that that little four episode thing to deal with next year. So they they will they will even though they are short on original series. So that that is, that is something. But the, and the COVID thing is such a wild card. It depends on how that affects affects their shooting. Obviously, we know it's affecting their movie schedule and their release schedule. So it 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 also so I think that also is a major component to this. But I do think there's a realistic shot depending on when it starts filming that especially if they if they're going with the 10 episode structure that we could see it by the end of 2021 on, on HBO max. But yes, is it as critical? Nothing's more critical than making sure that it's good. So, and we know it will be because it's going to have Simon Baz on TV. <laughs> Steve, right to <laughs> go ahead, Chad. Right, talk. right, Chad. It'll be good. Cause it'll have Alan Scott for the first time since he was introduced in the forties in live action. Save for that one, I don't know, 1.5 second scene we saw in the Smallville justice episode yeah. uh, where he was behind bars. That's the only time we've seen Alan Scott in live action. So I think we technically saw him die in star girl. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Uh, but yeah, that's I, I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, I saw some posts online uh, in various places about people kind of ambivalent about it or thinking that it's not going to get the 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 general audience interested or anything. And look, if this show fails, and I I don't want to start off on a glass half full or glass half empty sort of uh, uh, tangent here, but if this show fails, it's not going to be for lack of possibility. I mean, I, we come back to it every so often, but, you know, the, the promo for this very podcast, one of them talks about how the history of the DC universe is the history of the Green Lantern Corps. And the fact that this is supposed to span planets and span, span generations across time and space, they can do anything and go anywhere. They can touch on Maltus and, you know, the, the Guardians, the Xamarons, the Controllers. They can touch on the emotional spectrum 
Skyrim or the birth of the entities. They can touch on Krona and the birth of the, of the multiverse and the antimatter universe. And they can touch on the Guardian's creation of the Starheart if they're going to talk about Alan and what the Starheart does with all the, the magical beings in the universe. They can talk about Korrigar and Sinestro's rise to power and his Sinestro's fall from grace. And, and you know, what does that do when the universe trusts the Green Lantern Corps? What about the planets that have had bad experiences with lanterns that have gone off the trail sector 666 and the massacre the manhunters uh alan scott founder of the jsa hal jordan founder of the justice league you know and just on and on and on and on there are threads virtually everywhere across nearly every planet and every timeline for every planet in the dc universe that have something in some way shape or form to do with green lantern so if they tell you right off the bat that this can span planets and generations this show can do anything it wants in terms of dc cosmic because really nothing else has touched dc cosmic the closest we got was krypton and krypton really didn't have that big of an audience the people who did watch it seemed to enjoy it um even though I was one of the people who at the very beginning was like Superman's grandfather. I don't give a, f- you know, whatever. Um, but that show was still cool. You had Brainiac and you had Lobo and you had ran with Adam strange and like all of these things, the black Adam movie. Okay, sure. Hawkman's going to be a part of it, but I really think they're going to just lean into the sort of reincarnated Egyptian prince slash Pharaoh, as opposed to the Thanagarian side. It might be in there a little bit, but I really doubt we're going to focus on it, especially if the rock is your star and you have the rest of the others of the JSA who are supposed to appear in that film. I really, really doubt we're going to see a whole lot of Thanagarian Hawkman in the Black Adam film. And then the other stuff, you know, you got Supergirl over it's supposed to end with season six. We even with Supergirl, we haven't really touched on DC Cosmic because all the aliens that come to the Supergirl show come to Earth. We don't go out there. And despite the fact that the legends are tooling around time and space in a time traveling spaceship they preferred to go dc mystic rather than dc cosmic so really nothing out there that we've seen since dc started building their universe of tv and film really nothing has touched on dc cosmic nothing on tamaran nothing on corridor ran thanagar krypton i mean like there's so many options out there that if this fails in any way, shape, or form, it won't be for lack of options and lack of storytelling potential. This all falls on the creative team and, you know, partly, but bigly on, really on, the, really on the creative team, but partly on the actors that they choose for this. So I'm down for it. I'm most excited about Alan. Uh, I'm really curious to see him on the big screen or... I mean, technically on the big screen, I got a big TV, whatever. Uh, you know, I, I'm really yeah. excited to see what happens. Um, I hope they do it well. I really love that. And I, I want to see that character done justice. And it, it, and if anything, just so I could go back to the Nodells who I'm friends with and be like, guys, what did you think of this episode? What do you think of seeing your grandfather's creation on the screen in your room that night. Like what, like that's gotta be like the trippiest conversation for them. Uh, so I really, you know, the, the DC and Warner giving the Nodell, uh, Martin Nodell credit for the creation of Alan. That sucks that they, they haven't done that by now. Um, but, uh, you know, 
they that that family hasn't had that um that win yet um and i know that in a way alan migrating to a more um public uh public mindset and still not having that credit uh given to their grandfather is uh, is a pain point but at the same time i know that family well enough to know that they're going to take some pretty damn uh pretty damn lot of a pride in seeing the character that their grandfather created on the screen so i'm really excited for the potential story and the potential just i mean like how awesome would it be to just have this out there? And not only are we talking about comics, but we're talking about something that the entire world can see that's good in quote unquote. I mean, I know it's a streaming service, but in quote unquote prime time. Yeah, I I remember when they they announced this, like the the character details. My first thought was like to be like, oh man, this is so this is really cool. But like eventually it had to sink in that like this is this is almost the exact opposite of what you would expect them to do almost risk risk wise. Because when you tell me, Oh, they're going to make a green lantern TV show. My first thought is, okay, it's going to be the Hal Jordan show and there'll be, you know, one to three supporting characters who are like their named characters. And if you know them, you know them, but otherwise, you know, it's, it's Hal, you know, and not only is he not name dropped anywhere in any of this, like, they gave most of these spots to characters who are are at the very least underappreciated. Like <laughs> it's it, like his reputation has gotten better lately with the four the whole four Corman thing. But like like Guy Gardner has been like the the punching bag of DC fans for as long as I've been alive, and. Alan Scott, like who who would ever have thought that, oh yeah, HBO's doing their their big ambitious Green Lantern show. Yeah, let's get let's touch on the golden age and go back to the 40s with Alan Scott. That's that that's the kind of like pie in the sky like dream movie. Like you walked out of the first Captain America movie hoping to God someone would do that about Green Lantern, knowing that it would never happen. And hey, now we're getting we might be getting something similar to that now. And like like, you know, I joke about it, but like I am legitimately shocked that they they put Simon Baz in this show, not because he's not a good character, not because he doesn't deserve the spotlight, but because who even knows that he exists? And they specifically left out characters like Hal and Guy and uh, um, Hal and John and Kyle most likely because they're saving them for the movie. And that doesn't necessarily mean that like a movie appearance would tie into the show. It's there's always, there's always like a weird thing with DC where like, you know, at a certain point they had to stop using Batman villains in the justice league cartoon because they didn't have the license for that anymore because they were using them on Gotham or some shit. And it's just, it's weirdly segmented in terms of what you can and can use, even if all the characters seem like they should be bundled together, but they're actually not. And I forget where I was going with that because I started talking about Batman villains. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it, it would seem to be, I mean, it's certainly a lot. The, the Kyle thing is interesting. It makes you wonder with John and Hal, yes. They have to have plans for John and Hal. I mean, it would be illogical, A, for them not to, since they're the pro- they are the most well-known Green Lanterns to begin with. Um, so 
it probably makes sense that they are going to keep them separate for now, which doesn't mean they can't show up in the show, especially if the show becomes successful. And maybe it's also insulation because they don't know what the show is going to be, how the show is going to do. So if you stick, especially Hal, onto, into another property, another incarnation that crashes and burns, that might be too much to come back from. So maybe they're trying to insulate themselves for to a certain extent by keeping their biggest guns off of the show so they could also just, not only to prevent any, if it does fail, to have that stench carry over onto them directly, but also to almost, if you wanted to, as an excuse to say, well, you know, it failed, but, you know, if, looking back at this now, if we had put our main characters in, maybe it would have done better. Now with Kyle, that's a whole nother, that's a, that's a whole nother story because yes, Kyle, Kyle is popular. I don't know. I don't think Kyle's as popular as he was back in the day. So it is interesting that, that they are holding Kyle out. Um, I'm not against, I mean, you putting Kyle in the movie, putting those three, if they were, if for whatever reason, those were the three that they figured were going to play major roles, at least in the first Green Lantern movie, how Hal and John and maybe introduce Kyle, you know, in, in that movie somehow. I, I, I could see that. Uh, it is probably just like I might, I would not necessarily bet against any of the characters that are in the TV show potentially crossing over too. Maybe they just want to see how these characters fly. No pun intended. They want to see how they gain traction. Some of the characters that maybe are not either as popular inherently or as well known that they want to maybe build up their audience on the TV show. And it's like now, and they figure it'll be like, it'll be a twofer where the audience for the TV show will be interested in the movie. Plus there'll be these characters are popular. So there'll be an interest in seeing these characters in the movie. And then all the big guns that you already were going to have in there. I'm, I'm interested in the show. Of course it'd be cool if they could get Mark strong to come back as Sinestro. (laughs) Hey, anything's possible for God's sake, but uh, question, it would be, it would be really that I could see them approaching him to do that. The question would be whether he'd be interested in going in, in doing it again. I don't see why he wouldn't. I mean, it's not, he, he has, he, a hasn't been, you know, hasn't brought that movie up, you know, ad nauseum like Ryan Reynolds has, nor has he been, mm-hmm. nor was he ever saddled with the stench of failure for that movie. Cause, cause, cause everybody, everybody knew he was the, he was the best part of that movie. <laughs> well, if they, if they did try to bring him back, I think it might be saved for something, something bigger and more special just because, so when the when the CW shows did their uh, their crisis event that that pretty much established like okay we are just full on going multiverse with all this like the CW stuff takes place on the main Earth and Star Girl takes place on Earth two and the Green Lantern Ryan Reynolds movie I don't know what number they gave it but they showed like you know Earth Earth fourteen or whatever with like. Right. A clip 12. from the movie. Twelve, pretty, is that what you said? I'm I'm pretty sure it was Earth Twelve. Yeah, and then and they had like that meeting between movie flash and TV flash. And that was that's something I didn't even realize until it was pointed out to me. Like that's where movie flash gets the name the flash. Like he never had a superhero name in the movies, and then he met, you know, TV Flash, and I was like, Whoa, you're the Flash too? And movie flash is like the flash like <laughs> yeah yeah so like i think i think like mark strong mark strong sinestro is out there and they could potentially do a crossover or something even briefly but uh he's probably not gonna play the tv sinestro he'll be he'll reprise movie sinestro if anything which would be worth it if they did that 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He was yeah. He was per- he was perfect and perfect in that role. But it but it was good to have a, an influx of Green Lantern TV show news. Obviously, we've had no movie news, <laughs> but we because that that and as some people have pointed out, it's it is interesting or and and maybe not surprising that Jeff Johns has you know no mention of Jeff Johns' involvement even as a producer on this show, which is kind of which no which certainly would go against conventional wisdom. Even if it was a basically an honorary title, you would think that he would have some kind of role as a as a producer on a Green Lantern core show. So read into that what as as you will, but it is now, mind you, he was never tied to the show like he was being tied to writing the Green Lantern the Green Lantern movie, the core movie. So it it may not be as much of a telltale f you middle finger to Jeff Johns as a lot of people think, and some people maybe hope. But it's certainly, but it certainly is. It's understandable why people picked up on that, why people picked up on the fact that hey, there's no mention of Jeff Johns' involvement, even even as an, an honorary title involved in this show. Yeah, uh, even before any controversy, he, I feel like his star was kind of falling for a while anyway. So it's his name on it wouldn't be as big of a selling point, especially I don't know, especially with where like the Green Lantern fan base is right now. No, I, I, it's not necessarily that it was going to be a huge selling point to get people excited, but you, maybe, I mean, maybe a little bit because of depending on the, the stories that you were going to tackle. But because of there's nobody who we associate with Green Lantern from a writing perspective, like over the last 20 years, pretty much, certainly more than Jeff Johns. So to have him involved in different roles with different movies and projects with DC and then Green Lantern for him, you know, which is the franchise he is most associated with. I, I certainly can understand why people noticed that, that, you know, the that absence was, you know, the silence was deafening, if you will, when when, when the uh, specifics were announced. Chad, you with us? Anything? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm here. I, I don't really have anything to add to that. Chad but... is dreamcasting Simon as we speak. Chad is hoping that Simon's appearance is like a like Slipknot's in Suicide Squad. <laughs> Oh, you mean hyper memorable? Hyper That's short. Right. I think it's what Chad was going I mean, I, know. I mean, I mean, short lived and really non involved at all. What does this Man. thing do? Points it to his head. His head explodes. <laughs> it's like, oops. <laughs> Jessica, note to self: uh, never do that. Man, I think I mean it's it's kind of weird, like how like yeah they put this news out on like a Friday afternoon because there's not much meat to it. But at the same time, like there's so much. It's like it's such a departure from what you would expect that it does ha- mean a lot to us. You know, it's like it's just that weird cross section. It did get a lot of play, too. I mean, for us, for 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 a news story that was dumped and like we said, in a typically barren part of the news cycle historically, I mean, from a timing wise that it did get a lot of traction. It did get a lot of play, got a lot of coverage. A lot of people talked about it, a lot of a lot of people on YouTube who know, you know, whether it's uh, what Grace Randolph or uh, and among other people that did, you know, did videos just on talking, you know, talking about it. Uh, I so. It did not go unnoticed. Let's put it that way. So it's not necessarily maybe maybe it was just luck of the draw that they did put it out that way. So we're kind of just you know Dan and I were just kind of pointing out the fact that yes, this is the news. This is usually the dumping ground for when 
when you have news stories that are that you technically have to put out, but you want to die fast, you put it out on Friday. But this but this may not have been why they did it. And it certainly didn't really have that reaction because it was something that uh, whether it's John Campia or other people were talking about it. So it's not so it's not just a small circle of Green Lantern podcasters that were talking about it or making a big deal over it. So I that, that was that was that was kind of refreshing. 100 percent. All right, Dan. So before we, before we, assuming unless you have anything else you wanted to add, I don't want to cut you off. I'm just going by Chad, knowing that Chad didn't have much else to say. So I just, it was osmosis. I apologize. Chad's using his sleepy voice. You know he's ready to move on. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to, to several months later when we learn one additional fact. <laughs> Some casting news. Yeah. Oh, well, no, well, we don't need casting news. I mean, the Internet's been telling us the cast for the next live action Green Lantern thing for like three years. Like we already know exactly who's going to play everybody. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's weird that we're going to have all those John Stewart's in the same show, though. It's weird, though. I don't know. It'll be a whole multiverse just at John Stewart's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, Dan, is there anything you want to push before I go into the closing? Well, speaking of ruggedly handsome YouTubers that talked about this exact topic, <laughs> you can go to Mosaic Comics on YouTube and and just hear a lot of the same things I said just now, but more well organized and by myself. <laughs> and while you're there, just kind of go through there's only like 11 videos up there they're pretty short except for the one where i go into the entire history of every earthling to ever wear a power ring that that's that'll take like 45 minutes out of your life but yeah if if you just want like uh if you like green lantern or you're halfway interested or you just heard about the hbo max thing and you want to know what the heck is this why do why why would i care about that guy in the cape who wears a purple cape mosaic comics i i just it's just it's a place that I use as a repository for the love and criticism I have for my favorite thing. And hopefully I can help convince you why it should also be one of yours. Uh, and depending on when this goes up, I'm about to post a Halloween video. <laughs> Ooh, spooky. <laughs> all, all Nort all the time. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right. Let me wrap this sucker up for us. Um, LanternCast.com. The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook, hashtag GLCast. Track us down on either one of those. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please leave us a positive review wherever you listen to us. And last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or a text, call us at 708 or text us at 708Lantern and let us know what you think. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week where I guess we'll be talking about the latest issue of Far Sector. Good night, everybody. See you then. Good night.